Hey guys, I just realized I should probably give you guys a trigger warning for today's episode. It's a lot. Um, if you're not following this case, you know, there's not a lot, a lot of details, but it, because it's an ongoing investigation, but there, there's a lot. Um, and it's, while you guys listen to everything today, please keep in mind the victims and the families that are suffering from this whole thing. But yeah, trigger warning. I don't I don't even know what trigger warning to give you guys. Abuse of a corpse? I mean that's official, I guess. Horrible people? Something like that, so, yeah. Trigger warning. Good morning, goblins and ghouls, and welcome to a spooky snippet for today. Uh, yeah, I know, I'm supposed to have a big one. But there were rabbit holes, and then I had a migraine that lasts like two days. It was ridiculous. Anyways, it's still coming. It's almost there. Don't worry. But I want to have... A little spooky, spooky snippet with you guys because I am losing my mind over what is happening in Penrose, Colorado. Have you guys been keeping track of this as well? So, if you're not familiar, there is a funeral home down in Penrose. It, like... Every time I see the pictures, I feel like I've seen this place. It it would, like, we had to drive through Penrose to see my grandmother, frequent guest of the podcast. I should really get her on the podcast again. Um, apparently, they have been improperly... Well, actually, I don't even really know yet what they're doing. One way or another, what happened was people started complaining of an odor coming from this place the owners took off and when they went in there were found almost 200 bodies and then weird things have started happening like they started identifying some of these bodies and contacting family and some of the family members are like what do you mean i got the cremated remains of my father like three months ago but then they have their body. It It's gotten insane. I have seen so many of these stories. Um, it, I, it is so hard to sum up. But one of the reasons I wanted to do this spooky snippet real quick was because yesterday, finally, the funeral home owners were arrested. So, I'm just going to read you the article. Arrest made in Colorado funeral home case after nearly 200 bodies found improperly stored. Um, Colorado Springs, Colorado, blah, blah, blah. KKTV. You should probably say that. The owners of a funeral home in Colorado where nearly 200 bodies were found improperly stored are now facing charges. The 4th Judicial 
district attorney's office announced the arrest of John Halford and Carrie Halford in Wagner, Oklahoma on Wednesday morning on suspicion of committing crimes of abuse of a corpse, theft, money laundering, and forgery. In early October, the Fremont, Fremont County Sheriff's Office launched an investigation into return to nature funeral homes in Penrose due to reports of a foul odor. FCSO received a state warrant to search the premises where they discovered improperly stored bodies. The number of individuals whose remains were located in the funeral home was up to at least 189, according to CBI, Colorado Bureau of Investigation. According to the DA, because the Halfords were arrested in a different state, their first advisement in El Paso County District Court will be determined during the extradition process. I bet you guys they took the fuck off. Oh my God. During a news conference held Wednesday, and I watched this. I want to see if I can't like record it for you guys if you want to hear it. It's insane. Without saying anything. It, it's good. Anyways. Uh, during the news conference held on Wednesday, authorities explained 190 bodies were recovered from the funeral home. 110 have been positively identified, and they are working to identify 80 more. Oh, the arrest papers are currently sealed as the DA explained the details inside are shocking, and they want to protect the investigation. But Governor Jared Polis released this statement following the rest. Apparently, I'm just quick sidebar before I read the statement. He had to make this like an emergency declaration. Because there's so many about it's in this whole thing has gotten insane. Anyways, here's a statement. I am relieved that criminal charges have been brought against the funeral home owner and a criminal investigation is proceeding. I know this is I know this will not bring peace to the families impacted by this heart-wrenching incident, but we hope that the individuals responsible are held fully accountable in a court of law, says Governor Jared Polis. Uh criminal play and you can get on and read the whole thing i'll link it the thing is they don't really share a lot like uh the da literally came out and was like well we can't tell you anything because it's an ongoing investigation but the details are shocking but everyone is innocent until proven guilty. It was like, it was like a whiplash, man. Um, so yeah, there is that. I'm gonna see if I can't get you the whole case, cause or the whole news conference about the arrest, cause you guys, it's intense. So yeah.
there you go. And keep an eye out hopefully next week for a new episode. But yeah, I just, I really wanted to hop on and see if anyone else is following this because I need people to talk to. This is insane. Good morning. An investigation into the return to nature funeral home that began in October has reached a major milestone, resulting in two arrests that were made this morning. Um, here to talk are 4th Judicial District Attorney Michael Allen, along with representatives from the Colorado Bureau of Investigation, the Fremont County Sheriff's and Coroner's Offices, and the Federal Bureau of Investigators. We're going to start with District Attorney Michael Allen. Thank you, everybody, for being here today. We're here to announce that John and Carrie Halford have been arrested in Oklahoma in connection with the investigation that was started on October 3rd, 2023 in Penrose, Colorado. To protect the investigation and subsequent prosecution and the rights of those affected, we will not be getting into the facts of the investigation at this time. I want to stress that all persons arrested on suspicion of criminal activity are presumed innocent until proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt and that idea holds true for this investigation as well. Today begins the prosecution effort. It will be a slow and methodical process, and we will be working with affected family members so they understand the prosecution process and what to expect going forward. We will also ensure their voices are heard during this important phase of the case. The suspects were arrested on suspicion of committing multiple crimes, including money laundering, which is a class three felony, theft, a class 5 felony, forgery, a class 5 felony, and abuse of a corpse, a class 6 felony. <clears throat> All of those potential charges include the possibility of prison, but also include the possibility of probation as a sentencing option. All persons arrested in another state on Colorado charges go through the extradition process in the state where they were arrested. A judge in Oklahoma will oversee that process starting today. If a person waives extradition, they will be brought back to Colorado at the earliest opportunity. If a person contests extradition, the process will be delayed until that judge makes an appropriate determination in Oklahoma regarding the arrest warrant from Colorado and a high-level review of the facts of the investigation. The first advisement here in El Paso County District Court will be scheduled once the extradition process is completed. Further updates regarding scheduling in court will come from this office. I know you're all wanting to see the probable cause affidavit. It is currently sealed and will not be available to the media and the public at this time. It was sealed to protect the investigation and the arrest process. My office will not contest unsealing that affidavit at the appropriate time, but that determination will be made by a judge at a later date. I want to warn you, the information contained in that affidavit is absolutely shocking. All persons arrested and charged with crimes are presumed innocent, as I said earlier, until proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. And none of the facts contained in that probable cause affidavit should lead people to a different conclusion. Now that the case has been turned over to this office, we will begin formal review of the investigation and the reports generated during that investigation to determine the appropriate charges to file in this case. When that determination is made, we will file a formal complaint and information, and that document is a public record 
that will be available to the media and the public at the appropriate time. Formal charges are merely allegations and should not be viewed as proving a person guilty of those allegations. They will remain innocent until proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. And that's a theme you're going to hear a lot about from me today. Multiple agencies have been involved with this investigation and have shared information with affected family members as bodies have been identified. That identification process continues to this day. If you or someone you know worked with Return to Nature Funeral Home and or John and Carrie Halford between September 2019 and September 2023, please complete the victim information questionnaire that will be available on our website, on the FBI's website, and other resources as well. Those efforts should help us overcome the challenges associated with identifying the remaining bodies and will hopefully go a long way towards giving affected man family members the closure they deserve. I want to thank the hard work of lots of different agencies that were involved in this case. Most importantly, the two folks from Fremont County, the Fremont County Sheriff's Office, Sheriff Alan Cooper, and the Fremont County Coroner's Office, Coroner Randy Keller. Those two specific agencies were the first to be involved in this investigation, and this investigation has undoubtedly affected both the sheriff and the coroner personally, but also their staffs to a degree that we will never fully know. Other people involved with this case were the Colorado Bureau of Investigation, and Director Chris Schaefer is here. Thank you for being here today. The Federal Bureau of Investigation played an integral role in this case, as they do in a lot of our high-profile cases, and the expertise and uh, efforts that they provided in this investigation has helped us get to this day um, today. And then last but not least, I want to specifically thank the coroner's office here in El Paso County. Dr. Leon Kelly uh, worked very closely with Coroner Randy Keller in his office to help identify the bodies that have been identified to this date that had a huge impact on his office and his staff. And uh, through communications that I've had with him both directly and indirectly, I can tell you the impact on him and his staff was been, has been immense. And so their efforts have been uh, quite simply amazing as everybody here. At this point, I want to turn it over to Colorado Bureau of Investigation Director Chris Schaefer for some brief comments. Chris. Thank you and good morning. So today's a, a very important step in this complex investigation. Uh, our CBI agents and our local and federal partners have worked tirelessly on this case and around the clock in most instances. Uh, the work conditions were very tragic and again, uh, as the DA said, uh, impacted all of our staff. However, through this, they've remained professional and they've remained very, very focused. They never lost sight of the victims in this, and we cannot imagine the pain that has been inflicted upon them. We're here to support them and we'll continue to be here to support them. So there's a long way to go in this uh, investigation. The case continues. We'll continue to collaborate with the district attorney and with our local and federal partners. Um, and I just want to say again to the families, we will be here to continue to support you. And if we can in any way, please let us know. With that, I want to turn it over to the Fremont County Sheriff, uh, Alan Cooper. Good morning. So a lot of people were curious as to how this impacted my staff. And I can say unequivocally that it was a very negative impact. But we couldn't have gotten through this without a couple of things falling into place. And the first, and I want to give a heartfelt thanks to Governor Polis 
for his disaster declaration because without that, uh, this would have completely demoralized my office. In addition to that, I want to give thanks to the FBI's uh, evidence recovery team, which were an integral part of this investigation, and the National Guard Disaster and Casualty Recovery Unit. They actually did most of the heavy lifting in this case. And for me personally, I hope that these arrests will bring some measure of closure to those family members that have been impacted by this event. Thank you. And now I'd like to introduce Randy Keller, Fremont County Coroner. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Um, today's news marks a very strong start to the justice that these families deserve. I would like to take this opportunity to provide an update on the, the status of our identification processes that are going on at this time. Today, we have positively identified 110 individuals. We have another 80 individuals that we are working on diligently to identify. I would also like to thank El Paso County Coroner's Office and Dr. Leon Kelly for everything that uh, the El Paso County Coroner's Office is helping us on, on a daily basis. Individuals are being identified through fingerprints, dental records, and medical hardware. Once we have exhausted these methods, we will move on to DNA testing if necessary. Again, I would like to state that every individual removed from the Return to Nature facility has been treated with the care and respect. We have had up to six teams notifying families locally, across this, the state of Colorado, and throughout the United States. Families that are contacted are receiving support with both financial and emotional needs. With the help of numerous agencies locally around the state and across the United States, we have notified uh, approximately 137 families, some with positive identification of their loved ones, and others that we have met to obtain additional information to assist with identification. We have released approximately 25 loved ones back to their families as of today. I would like to say that anyone um, that has not contacted us at this time that has done business with Return to Nature from September of 19 uh, forward should contact us at Penrose Funeral Home at FBI.gov to give information. Each email will get an auto reply with a link to a questionnaire that needs to be filled out. For family members who have not been contacted yet and would like to be proactive, please contact your loved one's dentist if you think you might may have a loved one within uh, this case and send them directly to my office and my email is randy.keller at fremontco.com. Even though this case is in its infancy, I would like to thank all agencies involved. The cooperation between them has been the key to moving this investigation forward so quickly. We will continue to work as quickly as possible to identify the remainder of the individuals in our care. 
so we can help bring some closure to the families that have been re-victimized with this horrendous tragedy. Thank you very much. As the district attorney mentioned, we will have limited um, ability to answer questions, but um, you can ask and I will help facilitate. Um, why did it take so long for an arrest to be filed, uh, considering that the investigation started about a month ago, or the UDRL was investigated about a month ago? So that question um, also includes, obviously, some case facts that we need to be careful of. Uh, I certainly appreciate the question. Um, this is an extensive investigation that presented specific challenges that are unique to this type of a case. And so I think that played a big role in, in, in how long it took. But in the grand scheme of things, considering the challenges that these folks just talked about um, to their individual offices, uh, it's, it's actually was pretty quick uh, in all um, respects, considering those challenges, which were immense. <clears throat> sure. The where of the Oliver's location throughout this investigation, at what point did you learn of that uh, leak? Yeah, so we're not going to get into the facts of um, how they knew where they were and uh, how long they knew uh, where they were, but obviously they were tracking that. Uh, and the arrest, as far as I know, went um, off without a hitch. They were located in Oklahoma where they were arrested, and I would leave it at that. Uh, I'm not going to get into that. So one of the big questions that I had uh, when this case first sort of hit our radar was, do we have any jurisdictional um, connection to this case? And we are satisfied on that front. And I don't see any problems going forward with jurisdiction uh, being prosecuted here. Uh, statute is very clear on that and, and has us gives us a clear path going forward on that front. Has there been a trend as far as uh, the Linnaeus that were found, were they in their late formation, burial services, just anything to your family is an idea. Yeah, so I think that's something that we want to hold pretty tight um, because that does get into the facts of the case. Uh, we are working with family members as they have concerns whether they worked with this funeral home or not or with uh, the two suspects. Um, and, but as far as the direct answer to your question, I would re uh, refrain from answering it directly at this point. Yes. Going back to the previous question, what section of the statute allows this office to prosecute this case, given that the investigation started in Fremont? Yeah, so the fact that they were centered here, a return to nature funeral home is centered in Colorado Springs, which is El Paso County. That's what gives us our connection. And if you want specific statutory citations, we can get that to you later. Uh, let's go in here. Uh, you mentioned two numbers that added up to one, one ninety. Yeah, what are you? It's 190 now or 189. Yes, our, our current number at this time is um, 190 individuals. So, you know, is that time frame you've given about when you're asked the families to reach out? Is that because you've identified like bodies going back? There's a very specific reason why we're asking for that particular time frame. Um, it's based on facts uncovered in the investigation. I'd leave it at that at this point. Did you have your hand up at some point? Okay, okay. Is that? Could be filed in the legislation district or federally in the future. Uh, question on federally, <clears throat> I don't have an answer on that. Uh, when there is a crime that occurs in multiple places, uh, that would give 
several different places jurisdiction over a case. Typically, though, um, two DA's offices in the same state covering the same crime, essentially, would not file charges as well. So the fact that we're going to take the case here uh, will, in all likelihood, preclude charges being filed in any other jurisdictions. Yes, sir. I'm wondering if, Mr. Keller, you see anything like this in your industry before and that you are reaching out to anyone who has experienced this. There, there have been instances, um, even within this state, with uh, a similar case. Um, we are working with some of our uh, partner agencies right now that have also worked uh, that case here in Colorado. Um, we have brought on enough agencies and enough help through the Colorado Coroners Association and, and various coroners offices throughout the state. And I do want to thank all of them at this time also for all the help that uh, they're offering at this time. But um, I have never dealt, of course, with anything like this before with my agency. It's been a tremendous stress on my office and my personnel. And I thank the personnel the, of everyone that's that's working on this. But uh, we have a lot of folks involved that have, have dealt with similar instances in the past. Dave. They saw I mentioned a natural disaster recovery team. I'm wondering if that this challenge is more similar to that than to the identification costs with the new Um good question. I don't know that I can really answer that. Um you know, our our primary primary concern right now, um, once we did get the individuals removed from the facility is identification and doing all we can at this time to support the families and, and try to get their loved ones back to them. I know it said the arrest have a day would be sealed, but can you at least share when that was under? Um, so it would have been uh, sometime before the arrest is the best I'm going to be able to tell you at this particular point. Um, the arrest occurred early this morning, so you can extrapolate out from there. But once it gets unsealed, you should have that information. Or at least John has ties to that area. But all what was it? Yeah, I'm not going to get into that specifically. Yeah, Melissa. Do Don and Carrie Calvert currently have the option to post bond? And if so, what's that amount on board? What are the circumstances? Sure. So good question. Um, I know everybody that is with a crime in the state of Colorado is afforded the right to have bonds set on their case. Uh, both have been set at two million dollars, cash bond. Does that apply though, given that they're in a home? Um, because it's Colorado charges, the cash bond um, is $2 million. What agency arrested um, not going to get into that right now. Uh, I think there were multiple agencies, though. We can talk about that at a different time. Anything else? One thing I want to say, too, is that I know that there's a, always this tension um, where you want as much information as you can on a high-profile case, and this case certainly qualifies as a high-profile case. It affected a lot of family members that were unsuspecting, uh, but we have to protect our ability to prosecute this case going forward. And that's why we're trying to be protective of the information. There's that tension of what the media wants us to talk about, what the public would like us to talk about potentially to find out if, if they are impacted. And that's why we're giving general guidance of if you did business with this funeral home between September 2019 and today, essentially, um, and you haven't been notified and you suspect that your family member might be affected, to fill out that questionnaire, um, to go to the, the web page that was mentioned by the coroner from Fremont County so that we can get that information. Hopefully that will help us identify people that have not been identified yet 
and again, give these family members the closure that they deserved. But please understand that the reason why we're being uh, so restrictive with the information that we're sharing now is to protect the prosecution effort going forward. That is our secondary most important uh, factor to consider today. First, obviously, is serving these family members who are affected. Yes, ma'am. Things that we kept here at getting just was improper storage of female days. Are there criminal penalties under Colorado law? We've heard some criticisms as far as what laws are on the books. I guess what I'm asking is, are there criminal penalties? And if there are, should that be? So that's what we are. One of the arrest charges is abuse of a corpse. That's specifically what is what addresses that. That's that class six felony that I mentioned. Uh, so there are laws that affect that. I think what you're actually asking, though, are there regulations in place from the state that uh, sort of restrict a funeral home from the way that they conduct their business? And that's what uh, I think people probably need to be concerned about going forward is, is there additional legislation that needs to be passed to regulate businesses like this in the future? And, and that's a question I think the public needs to have with the legislature. So the storage then, that falls under the That's right. Yeah, it can. Yeah. Came to the death certificate information that was submitted, and those death certificates were MMD's family. So let me be clear: these are just um, these are arrest charges. These are not the formal charges yet. So we'll have to be reviewing that to see specifically what the charges will be as we review the case. Uh, but it would be something along those lines: forging a document that is submitted for official records. Yes. Even the status of the shark is being grossly odd. Yeah, uh, they are felony, but they're on kind of a ball around. Is the office satisfied with the charges that are currently there? And do they inspect those to potentially be elevated due to hate? Yeah, so the again, there's no formal charges filed yet. We will review the case going forward to make sure that we are filing the appropriate charges and level of charges. But we have to be guided by the law and the facts of an investigation. So we will look at the case, make sure that we're filing charges that apply to these facts. And then going forward from there, these are low-level felonies. Um, and that's why I mentioned uh, they're all subject to potential prison time based on the level of the felony. But they also are potentially option for probation. Uh, and that's something that I think people need to be aware of going forward, especially family members, to set proper expectations as to what the level of charges are here and, and what the potential outcome could be. Uh, although it is rare uh, for charge these types of charges to be uh, filed for consenting or for control. So that's that's actually a sentencing provision. Um, these would be optional um, consecutive sentencing. So that'll be something that we'll be looking at. But that's way down the road. That's when we get to a sentencing phase. We're not even at the filing of charges phase yet. So again, let's let's keep our eye on where we are currently. But good questions. Yeah, Zach. Yeah, we're going to set up a really strong prosecution team. I'll be on it. I've got Rachel Powell here with me. She's the chief deputy DA in the office. She'll be on it, and then we'll have other folks as well. But we're going to have, just like we do in all of our high-profile cases, put together the best team we can to achieve the best justice that we can in a particular case. Yeah, Melissa? Bring on the number of counts based on each individual body, each person that was affected. That'll be part of what we're reviewing um, in the investigation to see what specific charges and, and how we base those charges. So that's still to be determined. Yeah, I would rather not speculate right now. Yeah. Keep in mind that first advisement, whenever that happens after the extradition process starts, uh, that'll be the first time they're appearing here in El Paso County District Court. At some point shortly thereafter, within maybe two weeks, it will be the filing of charges date, and that will be when we uh, can answer specific questions like that, okay? I think as far as it goes today, I think we're going to wrap it up now just so that we don't 
cause any issues with the case and our ability to prosecute going forward. I want to thank you all for being here. And then I want to end again thanking all these folks that have worked so hard on this case without their diligence, professionalism, and keeping their eye on finding justice for these family members. We wouldn't be here today. So thank you. As a reminder, updates are coming only from our office now. I'll be sending them out as appropriate. Thanks, everyone. So, yeah. It, it's a lot. Oh, my God, is it a lot. I just... And the poor police officer, uh, the sheriff guys, like, yeah, it does suck. Thanks for asking. Just that kind of thing was oh and the poor families oh my god yeah some of the stories coming out about this and we're gonna hear so much more i i mean i'm gonna keep you guys updated for sure but just us the poor families i could could not even imagine what they're going through right now i'm gonna see if i can't find any like victim help or anything like that to put in the show notes for sure but yeah so just happy thursday morning Woot. um yeah Next week, you guys will hopefully have a nice big episode, and who knows, maybe I'll have more updates on this. But until then, you guys, stay spooky.